the wrestling life. Hey everybody, it's the Wrestling Life. This is episode 256. It's the new year and a new era. Ethan, we have so much to talk about when it comes to the best of 2020 in professional wrestling. And so many things we can't talk about when it comes to the best and worst professional wrestling for 2020. Absolutely. Uh, I clunkily put the premise of the show in because I realized I forgot to do that before introducing you. And now here we are talking about it very naturally, (laughs) like pals. Uh, So as the name of the show that you clicked on would uh, would have you know, dear listener, we are talking about the best of 2020, what we think the best stuff of 2020 is. And, of course, what you, the listener, and our Twitter followers think was the best stuff of 2020. But before we get into our categories here, Ethan, we always start off with just what is wrestling in 2020 to you? Like, what are the standout things? I think there's some obvious ones, but what what stands out to you about the year that was 2020 in professional wrestling? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember this as the pandemic wrestling year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't... I'm not going to remember a lot other than a lot of shows in empty buildings with little to no crowd noise. That's yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm a, I'm a pessimist, but that's what, that's, that's my takeaway. That's what I'm going to remember. Something good. Uh, I think uh, Becky Lynch announcing her pregnancy on raw is one of the greatest segments in the history of that show. Mm hmm. And I'll remember that uh, as long as I live. So that was that was cool. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, most of my favorite things in wrestling happened within the first two months of the year, as far as 2020 went, when there were still crowds. Um, yeah, I definitely think the pandemic, as with every other area of our lives, I think that sort of hangs over professional wrestling in this era. But that doesn't mean there weren't some standout performers, matches, teams, promos, etc. And we're going to get right into them here with our first category, Ethan, one that you, I'm sure, will have no interest and nothing to say about. Number one, the best female wrestling performer of 2020. Mm, I got to say, first, before we get too deep into this, this is my favorite show of the year because you are uh, you take the lead on it. And mm-hmm. I just I just get to sit here and go, hmm, yes, interesting, <laughs> for for forty minutes, and it's great. Oh, it's it's uh, it's an easy show to put together. Uh, <laughs> you let other people do, especially for the last category where I just asked people to list their favorite things, and I just read them out sequentially. Um, yeah, it's great. But as we get into our first category here, uh, the best female professional wrestler of twenty twenty, a lot of choices. Uh, but it came down in the finals to Sasha Banks and Asuka. And Asuka defeated Sasha Banks in the vote. It was close, but Asuka pulled it off. Uh, do you agree or disagree with the listener? I think those are very clearly one and two. Um, Asuka 
see, I'm biased. I can't. <laughs> no, it's, I, that's okay. It's an opinion-based thing. You can you can tell me why you think Sash is better. Ba- well, Bailey deserves to be in the in the conversation too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but like it was Bailey and Sasha feuding with Asuka and Kyrie to a lesser extent that really carried like the darkest pandemic days <laughs> of WWE this year. They put them all, Asuka, Bailey, and Sasha. They put them all on every show all summer, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they carried them. Sasha probably had better matches. But she was having those matches with Asuka and Bailey. Um, Asuka had to try to get matches out. Of, I mean, Asuka's whole WWE run has been trying to get matches out of people who aren't very good. <laughs> so, like, you could literally see Asuka's eyes light up when she got to work with Sasha this year. Like, somebody who's competent enough to to action so that Asuka doesn't have to idiot-proof everything. Um I mean, I, I, I can't argue with the listener. Um, it's just those two are very clearly one, two, Bailey, number three. It's just a matter of how you want to seed them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's obviously some others. Uh, Rhea Ripley looked like she was poised to have a really great year, and then uh, something <laughs> happened. I can't quite remember. She lost the title to somebody, and then kind of didn't do anything for the rest of the year. Um, I will say, and I've said it on our, our show before, I really, in, from an in-ring standpoint, Karushita is one of my favorite people to watch. I really think she's great. Um, sadly, <laughs> uh, AEW doesn't really seem interested in giving her much of anything to do. And yeah. she doesn't have uh, a great wealth of opponents. We mentioned that with Asuka. And I think to a certain extent, with you know any champion on the main roster kind of runs into these uh, bailey spent a lot of the year wrestling like tamina and <laughs> and yeah. uh, and other people uh so like i think that's that's probably part of it but yeah i, I think asuka and sasha are probably the top two easily and uh, i'm okay with asuka if for no other reason than she Man, she's just so wacky and entertaining and has just completely uh leaned into just make seemingly trying to entertain herself as much as trying to entertain anyone on television oh, when yeah. it comes to her promos and everything. And I, uh, I admire anyone who, who does that as a lot of people in wrestling are at their best when they care the least. It seems. <laughs> but from there, we, sorry, if you have more to add, you can add it here. Um, I, I don't think I have uh, too much more of consequence to add other than you, the, <laughs> The lack of depth on WWE's main roster is like Sasha's feuding with Carmella now. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. As- Asuka and Charlotte are feuding with Nia and Shayna Baszler. And God bless Shayna. Shayna's good. But mm-hmm. I'd watched Charlotte wrestle Asuka this week or Charlotte wrestle um, Nia this week. <laughs> like, she made Nia work, by the way. That, <laughs> that's the hardest Nia has worked in, in years. Um, but there's just not a lot of, it's like once you get, once you get the title, they don't have the forethought to have challengers ready for you. <laughs> yeah. Asuka wrestled Zelina Vega, who is no longer with the company uh, a couple months later. And 
then she started wrestling the tag team champions. So they just kind of gave up on finding opponents for her after the Sasha stuff ended. Yeah, and Carmella's a good character, but um, Lou says she is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I wish, you know, even Becky Lynch's big coronation in 2019, they didn't have anybody ready for her. She had to wrestle Lacey Evans all summer. And late. <laughs> Lacey, I mean, Lacey, I think, is competent now, but Lacey sucked. <laughs> she yeah, really was, sucked. Yeah, it was pretty much like, uh, you know, it was like wrestling school for a while there <laughs> with yeah. that Becky and Lacey feud. And it went forever, but yeah. we're talking about 2020, of course. <laughs> oh, so yeah. let's, let's move on to the best, the less interesting, best male performer of the year category. Uh, this was a four-person final. It was really supposed to be a three-person final, but uh, someone on Twitter reminded me that uh, Tomohiro Ishii uh, belongs in this category every year, and they're right. Uh, thank you to Luke for reminding me of that. Um, so the finals came down to John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Hiromu Takahashi, and Tomohiro Ishii, and John Moxley defeated them all to be named the best male competitor or performer of 2020 agree or disagree all right here's the thing the greatest thing that ever happened to me this year is i got fired from covering AEW dynamite (laughs) (laughs) um i i'm saying that half jesting like i it was taken off my plate i don't have well i still have to watch the show because i have to write news posts about what's happening on the show Mm -hmm. but I, i don't have to um Break it down segment by segment every week. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me getting fired from that show. Um, <laughs> John Moxley. See, I like the guy personally. Mm-hmm. His matches aren't bad, but I feel like there's a ceiling on how great his matches can be. And he's a, I mean, he's a brawler. If you throw him in there with another brawler, you know, but they're just gonna, they're gonna use every weapon they can find and they're gonna bleed and they're gonna have a, a, a wild brawl. I just feel like, I don't, I don't know. I also feel, you know, I wouldn't have chosen some of the opponents that he had to work with this year. Like Eddie Kingston's a great character. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kings, Eddie Kingston has a lot of mileage on his body. Lance Archer is a great monster. I don't know that he necessarily works well with John Mox. You know what I mean? It's like I, I don't feel like he's yeah. necessarily put in position to have like great classic mass matches. And I feel like once you've seen his one wild brawl, you've seen every wild brawl. And so I wouldn't like when I think of the best competitors and re- the best guys in wrestling, I don't think of Moxley. But and I don't mean that as a knock on the guy. <laughs> I just I I don't think of him in in that stratosphere. I think that's fair. Um, this category, it's always weird because I never know quite how to phrase it when I'm posting the poll. Um, so if you're, if you, when we're talking about in ring, which I generally am, then yeah, I would more gravitate to the, uh, the Hiromu's, the Ishii's, um, 
people like that, people in AEW, obviously like hang, I really enjoy hangman pages stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird if you're, if you're including even just as like all around performer, I still don't know that Moxley would be my pick. I think he cut some really good promos. I do think a lot of his, his matches were more like there was story in a lot of them. Like the MJF match was a, was less of a classic wrestling match and more of we're just building up to this spot of, of, uh, uh, Moxley can't use his finish and MJF keeps trying to goad him into it and all that. And, you know, the Eddie Kingston thing was obviously meant to be sort of this more personal, you know, bloody brawl thing because we, you know, we're playing off this friendship for a long time. So yeah, I think his, his, he had the, the, the hardcore match with, uh, with Lance Archer in, in the Tokyo Dome. Um, and then his match with Suzuki before he, before the pandemic hit. Um, those were both great, great matches, I thought, especially the Suzuki one. That's one of my favorites of the year. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, when we talk about match of the year, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know exactly if one guy stands out to me as like, this was head and shoulders above. I do think Hiromu kind of had to step up there in the summer because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the Gaijin weren't able to get into the country. And so he got to actually like main event with evil and stuff like that. And, and got to be a little bit, mix it up a little bit more with the heavyweights. I think Shingo Takagi probably belongs in this conversation. Um, Abushi and Okada, obviously kind of always should be in this conversation. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I generally have one name that stands out to me. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think the Moxley is like a terrible pick because he, had some good matches and cut some good promos and was an all around pretty good performer and, and everything. But I, yeah, I, I guess this is, this is less clear to me than certainly than the female wrestler of the year category was. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. New, New Japan was weird this year too, in that Okada and Ibushi for most of the year were not put in position to have classic matches. It was mm-hmm. not, it was Naito on top, and he was working with Evil a lot, and sure that's was. and that's more, you know, Evil's the Bullet Club, very patterned interference. Just Naito's not the wrestler he was two years ago. Evil still trying to find his footing as a main eventer. It's just like New Japan did not have a lot of match of the year candidate matches this year <laughs> yeah i i think again it's uh, i the stuff that stood out to me from new japan was either stuff from the the early early part of the year prior to everything getting shut down or sort of the la- the later year obviously there were some standouts in in the g1 and then uh that first like no fans show who was it suzuki and uh blue justice just beat the tar out of each other yeah they had a couple the yeah. first one was better, but yeah, they had they had two matches. Yeah. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about matches in a little bit, but yeah, I definitely it was definitely just a weird year. So I think it was harder to pick a a single uh, male male wrestler to uh, to to put this uh, best best category in this year. But move on to there. Speaking of best, uh, we came on to best promos, uh, best on promos of twenty twenty. 
This came down to an all AEW final, although I guess technically one of these guys was in NWA for part of the year, and the other guy might have still had some MLW tapes that were running out at the beginning of the year. But it was Eddie Kingston and MJF in the finals, and Eddie Kingston knocked off MJF. Uh, Eddie Kingston's great. Um, obviously came into AEW kind of later in the summer, so I don't know if you can give him the award for the entire year. I think Edge stands out always as, as somebody who did a lot of great promos this year. Orton did some good work this year. Um, Gargano's really funny. <laughs> uh, Pat McAfee is a very good heel who also came in later in the year. Uh, Adam Cole cut some good promos. Uh, who stands out to you as far as promos, and do you agree with the Eddie Kingston pick? You pretty much listed everyone that right there. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, no problem. And, uh, yeah, I agree with the Eddie Kingston pick. The guy's great. He's, uh, you know, maybe you throw Taz in there, too. Oh, yeah. Good call. But uh, you can always throw Paul Heyman in there. Roman mm-hmm. Roman did some good stuff. Um, Roman's, a lot of Roman's matches this year are more like extended promos. <laughs> My man didn't get those big fake white teeth because he plans on being a wrestler for another ten years. You know, he's gotta he's gotta get get working on those acting monologues. Sorry, I, f- I wish I could credit the person who came up with this joke. I remember reading it on Twitter, but it's like, boy, they don't make those celebrity teeth. They don't come in uh, any other size but XL, do they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a that's a good one. But uh, yeah, as far as as far as the promos go, yeah. Look, Eddie Kingston managed to make me want to see a match between him and John Moxley like two weeks after John Moxley had choked him out clean. So he he's pretty darn good at getting his stuff over, and obviously they put him with the group now. Um, I I I have no I have no issues with with Eddie Kingston getting the nod in this category. Agreed. All right, and moving on to category number four, the best tag team of the year. This came down to another two AEW choices. This is, I think this is interesting because I remember a couple of years ago, it was hard to get anything not WWE through like the first round of a poll when I would do them. And now like WWE stuff is like very rarely getting to the finals of a lot of stuff. But we have two AEW teams for tag team of the year. Came down to the Young Bucks and... Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, and Hangman Page and Kenny Omega took the W there. Uh, what do you think of that, and what tag team stood out to you this year? I feel like it was more pre-pandemic that I thought the Lucha Bros were head and shoulders above every other team on the planet. Agreed. And then there was some, they couldn't get into the country for a while, and then they kind of split them into singles a lot, and then Ray Phoenix would get hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's I don't feel like I've seen a ton of Lucha Bros matches since like the pandemic started. So I think it's fair to have Hangman and Kenny in there. I think the Bucks probably had the best year. Um, just a lot of great matches with a lot of different teams. Mm-hmm. FTR had one good match all year. <laughs> And it was it was with the Young Bucks, so yeah. I think it's the Young Bucks, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that was probably going to be my pick too. Um, I think Kenny Omega and Hangman Page had, had very high highs um, as far as 
they I think they had a really great match with the Lucha Bros. Speaking of them on TV, and then of course the the classic with the Bucks. But I think if if that's the category, they both had classics. Bucks had a classic with FTR, and as you mentioned, no one else in AEW managed to have even like a pretty good match with them. So <laughs> that's yeah. not fair. What then? They weren't that bad. There's just none of them that stood out or memorable uh, the, at all. Dude, the pay the pay per view match FTR had with Hangman and Kenny, I think disqualifies both of them from. <laughs> <laughs> that match sucked, and it went like 32 oh, minutes. Ever? Oh yeah, it was so long. Um. Yeah, I agree. I I would personally go Young Bucks, but I, I I get it. People are remembering the the pre-pandemic era, and Hangman and Kenny were were quite entertaining in that era. So we'll 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 give it a pass on that. But yeah, I think I would give the, the nod to the Bucks. Uh, you know, Street Profits were champions for like most of the year. Uh, entertaining guys. Uh, I don't f- another division in WWE where they just don't really do anything with it. So they just wrestle the same people over and over. So it's hard. I think it's hard for them. They they wrestled friggin' Garza and Andrade. Oh my gosh! For six months. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they wrestled the the War Raiders and did like skits with them for like six months. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Bad it, year. Yeah. For not. I'm. Yeah. Not bad guys. Just bad year. Uh, <laughs> Montez Ford is like one of the greatest athletes in the business. Oh yeah. Like I I hope I hope they realize what they have with that guy because he's. It, he can talk, and he's got the best frog splash of all time. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, as far as teams in WWE, they unfortunately very rarely get a chance or an extended run to show how good they can be. So not surprised that came down to uh, to two AEW teams there. Uh, moving on, we have uh, two regular poll categories left, and then our seventh category is a more, more uh, free flowing one but we have number five here we have the best match of 2020 that being it came down to a a final of omega and hangman versus the young bucks which we just talked about okada versus abushi from the tokyo dome john moxley versus minoru suzuki and the underdog in this category uh, Orange Cassidy versus Pack from uh, I believe from the same show as the Hangman and Omega versus Bucks match, and Omega and Hangman versus the Young Bucks one match of the year there. What do you think of that? And what matches stood out to you as best of the year? I thought that was one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think I I liked it as much as everyone else, and I still think it's one of the best tag matches I've ever seen, so no no issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Desperado and Ishii having a banger, like in the New Japan Cup. Mm-hmm. I remember Suzuki and Nagata having a banger in the New Japan Cup, and uh, Desperado and Hiromu Takahashi had two great ones in the... Uh, best of the Super Juniors this mm-hmm. year, and uh, Bailey and Sasha had a heck of a match in Hell in a Cell. So those are the ones that stand out to me that are not on the list uh, that uh, the listener uh, selected. There, Pack and Cassidy was fun, but it's not like I mean, come on! <laughs> like I love that match. Like it was one. It was one of my favorite matches I saw in 2020. But I don't think it belongs in the 
category with some of these other ones. Uh, Shingo and uh, Okada had it. Was it the G1 that they they tore it up or was it earlier this year? Uh, still haven't seen that match. It was G1. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Uh, enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, the there was uh, I'm trying to think of stuff in WWE that was good. Uh, Balor and O'Reilly had a very good match at one of the takeovers. Um, one match, which actually at this finals category, we had like controversy because one of the semifinals polls ended in a tie, and then the runoff poll also nearly ended in a tie. Uh, to which I promised that Christmas would be canceled if if, <laughs> if the fall ended in another tie. Thankfully, we avoided that with Ibushi and Okada just edging it out. But uh, Walter versus uh, Ilyan Drag Ilya Dragunov was uh, it's great, man. Like if you like big men, well, one big man and one kind of medium sized man uh, <laughs> just slapping the hell out of each other and suplexing each other and just beating the tart out of each other. That's probably the best, like, no crowd, not even wrestlers around ringside match that I saw in, in 2020. That was phenomenal. Big, big, meaty men slapping meat. That's right. <laughs> big E is a treasure. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, there's a, yeah, there's, there's still some good chances. Like I said, I think the other thing too is like, I'm trying to imagine what matches from this year that I thought were good would be good enough that I would want to come back to them. Because as you pointed <laughs> out at the top of the show, this is the pandemic, no or little crowds era. So like, how often am I going to want to go back to this versus, you know, if you want to revisit the spectacle of Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan or something like that's a great thing to go back and revisit. It's a different era, giant, loud crowd, people standing on their feet, great atmosphere, a happening, if you, you will. Whereas, like, I'm not going to go back and watch Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Like, I remember that being pretty good, but, like, there's nobody there. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and watch a lot of empty gymnasium matches Yeah, uh, when when this is all over. Uh, I also won't go back and watch any Psy cinematic matches. I refused to put any cinematic matches in the best match of the year polls because I don't like them. And I don't like the term, more importantly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I'm okay with Omega and Hangman versus the Bucks winning. Um, it it was a weird year. It's <laughs> and one that I think for the most part will probably be forgotten and or not revisited too often, at least not by us. And that will bring us to our last regular poll category, which was kind of just a generic best moment of 2020. Picked a few returns, a few moments. You are, I think, already touched on what my pick would have been, Ethan, which is Becky announcing she was pregnant and Asuka, like, seemingly having not been clued in on it and yeah. acting very genuinely in the ring with her um, was so sweet and special. And yeah. um, the type of moment they don't, real moment that they don't give a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's going to stick with me a lot. That is, that is a segment I would probably revisit on youtube you know um but the listeners narrowed it down to three choices and what a variety of choices we have uh cody doing a moonsault off the top of a cage (laughs) uh minoru suzuki confronting john moxley in the tokyo dome tremendous which was great because i like to say that's the that's uh, 
the moment that kept me from falling asleep during that <laughs> show because I was I was slumping post uh, during Moxley versus I believe that was Juice Robinson on the second night. Yeah. Um, it was like it was getting to be like, all right, I think I'm gonna have to like just stay off social media and wait for this show to be posted on demand because I don't think I'm gonna make it. And then the first few notes of Kazeninare start, and Minoru Suzuki starts walking down the ring in his cool guy tracksuit, and I, my eyes just opened. It was like a cartoon, like, yeah. <laughs> and I stood there on the edge of my seat, and then I watched him pile drive John Moxley. And then he did a promo where he said, I will absolutely kill you <laughs> and, and something else. Um, probably called him a bastard because he likes to call people bastards. Um, but yeah, that was a great moment. But that also lost to the winner of the best moment poll, which was won by Edge's quote unquote surprise return <laughs> at the 2020 Royal Rumble in uh, where was that? Was that Phoenix? Phoenix. Yeah. That's right. Beth Phoenix. That's right. His wife was also there and like cut her head open an hour earlier. Um, but yes, Edge's big, big shocking return that uh, Kevin Dunn missed because he was too busy cutting the crowd shots. Um, but no, it was a great moment. And I, I get why this stuck with people. Guy coming back, getting to finish his career on his terms and doing the big the Royal Rumble returns are always cool, but you know, a long layoff. I don't think this is a bad idea, but personally, I think just because of how real and special it was, it's really hard to beat that Becky thing for me. Yeah, no argument. I just think it's clear that our listener hates children. <laughs> and maybe women. We don't know for sure. <laughs> I I bet they, I bet the listener does. <laughs> I I bet that if the listener was called upon, they would not raise Becky Lynch's child as their own. I I would. I you you would raise the child as your own? I would. If called right. upon. Duly noted. Only if called upon. You're not you're not saying anything weird. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So the final little rapid fire thing I'll go down here is I just asked people of no categories, just what was your favorite thing in wrestling? Can be a single moment, can be a promo, can be a match, can be a post-match celebration, anything. The ones people sent me, our, our friend Craig said the Firefly Funhouse match. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> uh, my other podcast co-host Cal just said Asuka, just everything she does, which fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Luke, uh, my buddy Luke, Luke at Luke Buster Rhymes said his favorite thing was the best friends versus proud and powerful street fight, which was that was pretty wild. That was fun stuff. That could have gotten a vote or two and matched the year. It wouldn't have made me upset. Uh, got a few people mentioning uh, just John Moxley's title reign, uh, which I think is fair. They did a uh, did a good job. I had Will here say just Drew as a uh, as a top guy. And then our, our buddy Stink mentioned uh, Goldberg returning and uh, correctly Vince McMahon making the correct decision to have him destroy the Fiend in a minute and win the title. Yeah, that's it's very difficult to argue with uh, with any of that. Uh, I will also just mention uh, the moment after Becky announced she was pregnant where Shayna Baszler said, that kid's going to suck. Look at who the father is. <laughs> Shayna, yeah, Shayna, who gave zero Fs at that point because 
she lost she lost her WrestleMania match and was there they had no clear program for her going forward. Yeah, she her giving zero Fs and cutting great promos for like two weeks there was was pretty great. Good times, good times. Yeah, that was I think we already covered a lot of what my favorite stuff would have been uh, in other categories here, so I don't have a ton else to add. But, you know, as we begin to wrap it up here, Ethan, I always like to end the show with some generic platitudes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, for all for all the bad, for all the bad we faced this year, there was some good. And uh, I, I appreciate that uh, uh, that our listener came along on the ride with us as we, we looked at what was the best stuff of a mostly very bad year for for everyone <laughs> and uh you know pro wrestling included in that but i appreciate us getting a chance to look back at some of the good stuff here i appreciate us and i'm proud of us and we've learned a lot shared a few laughs that's right braver than the troops <laughs> and uh yeah i think uh if nothing else I, I think that will begin to wrap us up all right sounds good to me all right. Well, that will begin to wrap us up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This was episode 256. If uh, your favorite thing somehow wasn't mentioned in the myriad of topics we just covered, feel free to tweet me at TWL underscore podcast. We will discuss all of that with you. Be happy to talk about it with you. Um, and uh, let me know what uh, what you're excited about for 2021. It's a new year, and uh, I'm definitely excited to hear all about it. But until then, I'm Liam. I'm Ethan, and we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Goodbye, Norma Jean. <laughs> it was better than Google Hangouts, I think. <laughs> oh, without a, without question, it was better than Google Hangouts. Although, you know. Audio com- quality definitely was. Yeah. Comcast Baltimore City, I feel like, has a... Or Xfinity Baltimore City, I feel like, has a lot to do with this, but... <laughs> Could be. Although, I do love the fine folks over at Xfinity. <laughs> If there's one thing we know about you, Ethan, <laughs> it's, it's how much you love to praise <laughs> the the laurels of, of of traditional cable television and internet providers. <laughs> that's that's right. I try to keep on keeping on.